we've had a huge emergency that I wanted to alert you to. No, we didn't. We did, however, have an interesting event that I did want to alert you to. I recorded three Tough Talks interviews in a two-day span last week, and, um, and I wasn't aware until my team alerted me to the fact that my microphone was bad. The old mic that I was using was starting to die. So the audio, my audio, not the guests, the guests sound great. I don't. <laughs> it's a little scratchy at times, especially like the louder I get, the, the scratchier it is. So the decision was, do we trash these for the sake of you know, commitment to quality, which of course we are truly committed to, or not? And I've chosen the latter, and I'll tell you why. Because when I interview Tough Talks guests, even if the repeat guests like David Wood, this, this is his third uh, Tough Talks interview, I tell them we have a little conversation, a very, very brief conversation before, like a couple days before we do the interview. Uh, I don't want to talk to them a whole lot, just a tiny little bit to hear what, what, what might the conversation topic be, and then that's enough. I go do my research. I want it to be truly organic, like infinitely or as unrehearsed as possible. And it's for that reason, because you know, we can't recreate that kind of organic spontaneity, right? And uh, so it's for that reason that I decided to keep these and to publish them. I mean, our guests are amazing, you know? Uh, if you're seeing this video, this is at the beginning of either David Wood's third Tough Talks appearance, he's the first person to ever do that, uh, Dr. Amy Killen or Brian Bogert, right? So I'm gonna leave this video and the little you know, script <clears throat> commentary um, about this uh, on those three episodes. So, he, but now here's the cool part. You get to multitask. And I'm not, I am not kidding. This is actually really cool. Because look, this is one of my mantras, right? The problem is the gift. And, and ain't bad just is. The, you get to do some training. The multitask is A, you get to pick up the wisdom bombs that these badasses are dropping, right? You get to learn from my amazing guests, who I'm so proud to be able to share with you. That's one. And at the same time, you also get to do some true, like legit mental toughness training, because here's what's likely to happen. As you're listening to this, whether this is on the, 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 you know, the strict podcast audio version, or if you're you know, watching the video, the audio is going to be the same. And you're very likely to have the following experience, which would be something like, oh my God, this sounds horrible. I did it. <laughs> There's a training up. Let's get some work in right there. Let's get in a couple reps, right? So repeat the mantras, use the mantra. So catch yourself when you're complaining about this, the crappy uh, quality of my audio. And if you go something like, oh God, it sounds so annoying. <clears throat> which, which you might say anyway, even if I had perfect audio. <laughs> and that too is an opportunity, right? For you to catch, own and replace, right? Catch yourself when you're it, it, complaining. All right, about the bad audio quality. Own it and say, this isn't frustrating because of the audio quality. It's only frustrating because of the way I'm thinking about it. And then upgrade and you, and you can you can upgrade however you damn please. That's the work, right? And that's the beauty of mental toughness. But I'm offering some options, right? Of mantras, of replacement interpretations, which say, well, ain't bad, just is. Just as bad audio quality. Ain't bad, it's just bad audio quality. <laughs> or the problem is the gift, right? It's like the problem, the audio, right? Scratchiness can be a gift. If I'll view it masterfully, which is uh, here I am getting stronger. I'm actually getting in mental reps. So that's what I invite you to do. The long version of the problem is the, of, is the gift, by the way, is this. Every set of circumstances can be leveraged for gain if viewed masterfully. Another way of saying it is you can create excellence out of every set of, every, without exception, set of circumstances if you interpret it with mastery. So I invite you to have that practice here, all right? Thank you for, um, for participating in this right, training. <laughs> and thanks for following. Thanks for your support. And uh, enjoy the episodes. Well, it has to do with every, the thing I like about sex and sexual optimization, if you will, is that having a healthy sex life touches on really all aspects of health. Like it touches on physical health um, through blood pressure and cardiovascular risk and sleep and things like that. Cool. It touches on, um, you know, mental, emotional health. Uh, for instance, it helps with 
decreasing depression and anxiety and, and making you have sort of better self-confidence and, and, you know, helps your relationships. So you have that as well. It helps with spiritual health. Like it basically touches on all kind of six main areas of health, including mental health. I think that there's a huge mental component to, um, to sexual health. It, it, it you know, it, it really is helpful. If you have a good sex life, it makes you feel better about yourself, about your life, about your relationships. And I think that helps get through the day in all different, all different ways. Most of us never learned how to train our brains, which is why most of us needlessly settle, struggle, and worse, suffer. My name is Chris Doris, and I want to make brain training mainstream. This is my series, Tough Talks, Conversations on Mental Toughness. I'm interviewing badasses from all walks of life on what mental toughness means to them and their unique approaches to strengthening their minds. Hey, everybody, welcome back to Tough Talks, Conversations on Mental Toughness. I am your host, Chris Doris. And before I get to our guest today, I want to take care of our one housekeeping item, which is this. If you're not getting email notifications of these new episodes, which come out every other Thursday, uh, then that means you're also not getting notifications of my new uh, blog posts, which come out every single Tuesday. And you maybe aren't also getting uh, the daily dose messages delivered to your email inbox every morning. The, da that, the daily dose, by the way, is the daily dose mental toughness tips in 30 seconds or less, right? So you get a cool nugget of mental toughness wisdom sent to your email box every morning around 6 a.m. your time, no matter where you are in the world. So if that's the case, let's address that situation. Let's remedy that, shall we? By going to ChristopherDoris.com backslash lists, L-I-S-T-S, Christopher Doris, which is D-O-R-R-I-S, backslash lists, L-I-S-T-S, email name, click problem solved. Now, our guest today is someone that I've met almost three years ago uh, at an event in um, Sardinia, Italy, which is uh, one of the blue zones, uh, five blue zones of the planet Earth, which are where people live unusually long lives. Uh, the event was on longevity and it was hosted by Mind Valley. It's an event called A-Fest. And Dr. Amy Killen is our guest and she was invited to be a presenter there, which of course makes sense because she's a, she's a specialist in longevity uh, and anti-aging. So I am not going to tell you the whole story because I really do want to save the story. It's fun as hell. I've only mentioned it to her once before ever. Uh, and I think it was through writing because I don't think I've even spoken to her since then. Uh, so I want to I want to have fun with that with her because it, it, this is what I'll give you. Uh, you're going to notice this instantly is her vibe. <laughs> she's, got, she's like so wizardly smart, right? And... She has this incredibly inviting, high vibe. You know, this beautiful, fun, playful spirit. And, uh, and that's one of the things I love about her is, is that that's the first thing I noticed about her. But I'm not going to give you any more details. I'm not going to be a spoiler of my own damn story. So let me read you her bio, okay? Board certified in emergency medicine with over 10 years of direct patient care, Amy's been practicing anti-aging and regenerative medicine for more than five years. She is fellowship trained in anti-aging and regenerative medicine through the American Academy of Anti-Aging Medicine. And she's done extensive additional training in aesthetics, platelet-rich plasma and stem cells, hair restoration, bio-identical hormones, nutrition, fitness, and sexual health. She is the medical director of Biorestoration Medical, a busy clinic with a comprehensive integrative approach to health located in Draper, Utah. She also works at Doceri Medical in Park City, Utah, with Dr. Harry Adelson, providing cutting-edge regenerative medical treatments for a host of different conditions, which we're going to ask her all about. She has spoken internationally about PRP and stem cells, as well as sexual longevity and skin health, and she also teaches physician training courses outlining current best practices for using regenerative medicine in aesthetics and sexual optimization. She says, I feel lucky every day to get to do what I do and can't wait, can't wait to share my practice and knowledge with you. Well, let's give her another opportunity to do just that. Dr. Amy Killen, where are you at? Let's go find her. And here she is, Dr. Amy B. Killen. How many times have you done podcasts where people play with the name? 
because it's just so easy. Amy be killing it. I mean, yeah, it- I get it a lot. It's I, I say it's my rapper name, but then, like <laughs> I'm not actually a good rapper, so I feel like I can't really follow that up with anything good. So it's uh yeah, it's my rapper name slash just a cool name. You know, and that reminds me. Speaking of rappers, uh, how I know you? I, I met you. At, I first saw you speak, and it was in it was Sardinia, Italy. Yeah, it, yeah. At, at an A Fest event with the theme of longevity. So of course you were a perfect presenter. And I didn't know who you were. I was attracted to the title, which I do not recall, of your talk. It was some, you're, you're so good at coming up with playful titles. And by the way, time out from the story, I'll get back to it because I just want to make sure I, I mentioned this. Everybody, please go follow Amy on Instagram. She crushes it on Instagram. And like, one of the things that I love so much about following you is that there's two values for me. One is I'm entertained like a mofo. You're funny as hell. And yet you, and, and additionally, you bring so much learning, so much great, great value and education. So yours is easily one of my favorite Instagram uh, accounts. So please go follow her and, and I'll, I'll repeat this and I'll put it in the show notes, but it's on Instagram, it's Dr. Amy B. Killen, but it's Dr. D-R period, Amy, letter B, K-I-L-L-E-N. So back to Sardinia. So I attend, and it's something about sex. It's something about you know sexual optimization. Yeah. So I'm like, well, that sounds fun. And I went, and I and you, <laughs> you, you. This was unplanned. You said something, <clears throat> and you didn't plan on saying it. And it was a double entendre, which I, I don't recall and don't need. It was about it was about happy endings. I said something about happy endings, and I wasn't meaning that like in a sexual way. But it was a talk about sex, of course. I'd love that you remember that. Yeah, I, I do. I, you probably remind you of that. That is, and I did. You started laughing harder than anybody in the whole damn room. It was about four hundred people. You're cry. You couldn't even finish your sentences, and I'm like, I love this chick. You're like, you couldn't even get your breath back because you're like laughing with yourself. And that just had everybody, me included, just totally instantly endeared to you. <laughs> so that was, that was pretty super. So I've been following you ever since. And that's almost, that's between two and three years ago. So I'm super pumped to finally, uh, to, to get you on, on the show uh, to serve the Tough Talks tribe. So, so thanks for making the time because I know you got a lot going on. Thank you. This will be fun. I, and I remember that very clearly. It was a, it was a very funny talk that I just, once I started laughing, then I could, I was totally lost. Like, I don't know how to finish this thing. I'm not sure how to wrap it up. Like I forgot what I was that, that was what was so good about it. But then I just kind of was like, all right, well, we'll just go with it. Yeah. And it was, and one of the things that I loved so much about that was it was just pure, like you had zero fear. You didn't give a half a shit about the fact that you lost your train of thought. You're just having fun with everybody. And that had everybody go, there, this isn't even a performance. This is just hanging out with Dr. Amy Killen. So that, that was super awesome. Yeah, Thanks. I remember that as well. So I mentioned in the, in the introduction that, you know, you're, you're the medical director at BioRestoration Medical, which is all about in, like, integrative health, yeah? Mm-hmm. And you also work at the Dosier Medical, I don't know if it's a clinic, Dosier Medical in Park City, Utah. I hear it sucks there. Not. Oh, yeah, it's horrible. <laughs> to get through, use mental toughness to get through that. Where you guys, where you you uh, use cutting edge regenerative medicine techniques, namely, uh, I guess there's four, according to the the bit of research that I did on you, bit uh, is that you have four specialty areas, right? Skin regeneration, hair restoration. You train physicians, mm-hmm. uh, but then there's the uh, the first one. I've just left it to fourth, which is sexual optimization. Which I hope that we can talk. We are going to be talking about that in the relationship. In fact, why don't we just start with that? Okay. What would you say is the relationship between like, like what does being sexually active and sexually optimized have to do with mental toughness? Well, it has to do with the thing I like about sex and and sexual optimization, if you will, is that having a healthy sex life touches on 
really all aspects of health. Like it touches on physical health um, through blood pressure and cardiovascular risk and sleep and things like that. Cool. It touches on, um, you know, mental, emotional health. Uh, for instance, it helps with decreasing depression and anxiety and, and making you have sort of better self-confidence and, and, you know, helps your relationships. So you have that as well. It helps with spiritual health. Like it basically touches on all kind of six main areas of health, including mental health. I think that there's a huge mental component to, um, to sexual health. It, it, it you know, it, it really is helpful. If you have a good sex life, it makes you feel better about yourself, about your life, about your relationships. And I think that helps get through the day in all different, all different ways. What are those six main areas of health? Um, physical health, emotional health, mental health, spiritual health, social health, and environmental health. Wow. Physical, emotional, mental. Social. Before there was one I missed. Social, environmental, and one other. Physical, emotional, mental. What did I just say? <laughs> physical. <laughs> I, don't know, I, I couldn't write fast enough. <laughs> I'll remember in a second. I just said, right. now I forgot. Right. I just curious about, <laughs> curious about that. But, but, it, but this is a podcast on, on not necessarily mental health, um, mental toughness. And, what, and let me just tell you what, I, what that means to me. Because it may, that, you know, first of all, not a lot of people, none of us really have had, uh, you know, formal training on strengthening the way that we use our minds. Hence the existence of the damn podcast in the first place. Right, which is to help people to educate people on the fact that you know the two things. One is that there's there, our lives unfold according to the way that we think. Right, so the way we use our minds, we can strengthen the way we use our minds, and that makes everything the creation of excellence in life a hell of a lot easier. And then B, okay, so what are those things? Right, what can I do? <clears throat> so maybe having a great sex life, huh, maybe delete maybe having a great sex life makes the rest of creating a joy-filled life or productive life easier? Yeah, I think so for sure. How much of sexual dysfunction is psychological versus physical? Uh, it depends on the person and their age, uh, but, but certainly both things play in. Obviously you have to have the mind in the right place. You have to have the interest, the desire, the libido, you know, the attraction, all of that. You have to have your stress levels be low enough to be able to actually kind of think about sex and enjoy it. And that's something that I have, a lot of us have problems with is our stress is so high that we're, that's all we're focused on. We're kind of in survival mode. Um, but yeah, the mind is a big piece of it. And then obviously the physical is as important as well, the blood flow, the hormones, the structures themselves. Um, so that's, those are the two things. It's, it's a combination of those two things. And I think it's different for everyone. Some people have more problems in one area. I mean, the, the mental part for me, me is the hard part. You know, I can deal with this, with the physical stuff. I can deal with the hormones and the blood flow and the, you know, any kind of structural problems, but it's the mental stuff for my patients. That's really difficult for me. Cause that's not my area of expertise. Well, this now, as I'm listening to you, I'm having like a chicken and the egg kind of debate inside my head. Like, it's like, what's first. So like, would sex be like great sex, be a great treatment for anxiety, for example. Yeah. But then what if I can't have great sex because I'm anxious? Uh, yep, exactly. Okay. It's totally chicken and egg. And, and also sexual dysfunction. You have, you have someone who's having, you know, they're kind of in their head for whatever reason, they're depressed, they're anxious, they're, you know, stressed out. And then they start to have sexual dysfunction, like erectile dysfunction, or just difficulties, you know, kind of performing, if you will. Um, and that leads to them being more in their head. And then you have this, yeah, like, yeah. this vicious cycle that, uh, that definitely happens with sex. And I think that that's a good point. Well, you didn't start, you started as an ER physician, is that right? I did. I, I'm a board certified ER doctor. So I went to residency in emergency medicine and I worked in for about 10 years in uh, very busy ERs in Texas. And then I eventually transitioned over about eight years ago to doing integrative medicine and regenerative medicine and kind of did a whole 180. Integrative or regenerative, right. So uh, why the shift? And then I want to get into what is, like, so what are you so pumped about now? So the shift happened, you know, it was, it was several years in the making, but towards the end of my ER career, I had three kids within two years. So I had twins and then one more uh, 20 months later, my husband had moved out of state for a job and I was essentially sort of a single parent to these very small children. Oh. And I had a job that started at four in the morning. So I wasn't sleeping and I was stressed and I was, you know, doing all the things you would imagine. Uh, wasn't super fun to be around. And I did that for a few years. And, oh, <laughs> and I started, I, you know, I just essentially got to a point where I was, 
um, just unhealthy and unhappy. And I realized that I wasn't going to, nothing was going to change if I didn't make some decisions to change that, you know, in myself. And so I couldn't, you know, I couldn't get rid of my kids. I didn't want to, but I also couldn't. Not that I wanted, I'm just saying. That. <laughs> I couldn't get rid of my I kids. Tried, I tried every method imaginable. It didn't work. Couldn't get rid of them. <laughs> so I realized that, you know, what I had to do was, it was change my job and, and get a job that, you know, that made me happier and gave me more flexibility and more freedom wow. and more sleep and oh. all those things. So that's kind of, it was a several it was year like process. A functional transition, really. Okay. Yeah. All right. So now let's talk about what, cause it seems to me like when I watch you and I, I mean, God, you're so passionate about the work that you do. Like you have these videos, you were giving some, a woman the other day, a treatment, uh, exosomes or something, right? Uh-huh. And, and you're narrating it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right? So we get to watch and learn, right? It's like your own TV show, right? And, and you're just really excited about it. And you, you can tell you, you bring people joy, really, is one way that you, like if somebody asks you, I bet you've said that before, like, what do you do? You say, I just bring people joy. But <laughs> you, I mean, you could. <clears throat> so uh, let's talk about what are you most pumped about right now in your current career trajectory? The thing I love about what I'm doing now is that I can learn about anything I want to and it's relevant as far as health and wellness, longevity, you know, like all of it's relevant because it all kind of comes together. And then I can I can kind of dive into those things and adopt them and, and you know, teach them to other people. So I'm really interested in a lot of the progress that's being made in longevity as far as the research in longevity, you know, the drugs, the supplements, the, that kind of stuff. I continue to be very interested in stem cells and the way that we can use them as, as well as exosomes and other things like that um, for all different things, but especially for sexual health and skin and hair. Uh, but, you know, it, honestly, every day is different. I, I, I wake up every morning and spend the first hour just learning new things because I'm so excited about what I can share with other people, even, you know, eventually if I, if I understand it properly. That's interesting. So I want to slow that down for a second, because that's a lesson within a lesson. So you, so that's part of your morning deal. That's how you start your days with educating yourself. Yeah. My first hour, usually I kind of get up around six while the rest of the family is asleep yeah. and I spend about an hour. I try to learn something new and I try to learn it in a way that I can digest it completely and kind of compress it into something like an Instagram post or a video or, or, you know, or something to tell my kids, but something that take a kind of a complicated subject and then to compress it down and share it. And that's the best way that I found to actually teach myself, you know, kind of complicated things. So give me an example of one of something that you read about or learned or they're learning in the last week or so. So like just yesterday, I was, uh, I did a post about, um, about some new drugs that have been looked at for longevity. There's a drug called a carbose that was, has been compared to some other, other longevity drugs. And, and I'd heard about it on a different podcast. And then I spent the morning reading about it and reading about the clinical trials that have gone through and, you know, comparisons to other drugs and why it was different, why it was better or worse. Um, and then I, you know, essentially took all of that that research over about an hour. And then I compressed that down into, you know, a short little Instagram post, which is not, you know, it's not complete, but I feel like if I can put that in a post and it makes sense and it's coherent and maybe it's a little bit funny here and there, then that means that I've learned it pretty well. Well, you pull off the maybe a little bit funny quite well. Thank that's, you. Like I said, that's part of the, the entertainment value uh, is it is really, it's a, a beautiful combination of humor and, and really some really incredible learning. So, uh, what, what, what are some of the most popular reasons that people come to you for treatment, men and women? Um, I get a lot of people who come to me for sexual dysfunction of various sorts. You know, erectile dysfunction is the most common thing for men. Yeah. For women, it's a little more complicated. It can be any kind of sexual dysfunction, you know, whether it's low libido or, or arousal problems or orgasmic problems or any of that. Um, and I also, you know, I see a lot of hair and skin kind of complaints to mostly aging related. So I'm not a dermatologist. I'm not a urologist. I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm kind of this, um, integrative kind of, you know, I have a lot of bag of tricks, but I don't treat diseases so much as I treat sort of symptoms of aging and try to, you know, re regenerate tissue and reverse signs of aging. So it's mostly aging related problems, you know, in the hair, skin, and sex. So you're basically the integrative fountain of youth. <laughs> I like to think of myself like that. I'm not sure it's quite true, but that sounds great. Yeah. Okay. So um, do you think that, uh, let's say in Western cultures, well, I don't, I don't know, just in the world, do humans age more rapidly than, than nature would have us? 
by virtue of the way that we choose to live. I think certainly in, in Western cultures where we're, you know, we're generally more overweight, more diabetic, more, more metabolically, you know, unfit, um, that we're definitely aging faster than we could. But at the same time, there are a lot of sort of new innovations that are coming out, hopefully in the next few years that will start to, to reverse that a little bit. But yeah, I think that, you know, we all are sitting around more, we're exercising less, like, you know, all of us are guilty of, of the convenience and taking advantage of the conveniences around us. And I think that that's not helping our, our longevity game. You are posting um, a lot of stuff lately of you being cold. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> What's going on there? So, you know, there's, there's this idea that, you know, hot therapy, like saunas and things, as well as cold therapy, like cryotherapy or being out in the um, have different benefits as far as they, they stress your body in just, a, in just enough of a way to actually kind of build up this resilience. And there's some longevity benefits um, that go along with that, as well as immune system benefits. And, and there's a whole lot of different things depending on what you're talking about, but it's, it's called hormesis. And it's this idea of- Wait, what? Oh, sorry. What's it called? It's called hormesis, H-O-R-M-E-S-I-S. And it's basically this idea of, you know, of giving yourself kind of a a small stress or shock, giving your body a st stress or shock, you know, intermittent fasting is another thing that you can do. That's right. kind of shocking. It's a little stressful. Your body's not sure about it. Um, but it actually ends up building, building up this resilience in your body, as well as a mental, you know, toughness actually, and resilience as well. Um, that is, it serves you better later on. Oh, that's so interesting. You know, I just thought of this. There's a friend of mine. Do you happen to recognize the name Mike Garrick by any chance? No, I don't think lives so. up by you. He's a former client of mine. He's um, he does mind body nutrition is his brand, and lately, you know, he studied Wim Hof big time. Uh -huh. Do you know Wim Hof? I've I I have met him. He wouldn't know me, but I met him at um in Jamaica at, at in Jamaica. Yeah, we had some drinks together at the bar. Uh, oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Well, it's good to know that he drinks. That has me feel more normal. <laughs> <laughs> but but yeah, so Mike has studied him. The breathing Wim Hof is look that guy up. He's becoming so incredibly famous worldwide. His name, for those of you who have not heard of him before, his first name is Wim, W-I-M. And his last name is, is H-O-F. Yeah, I think so. Cool name. Yeah. And uh, so he does breathing stuff, but he also does a lot of like ice cold, like freezing water submersion stuff. Yeah. So yeah, Mike, <clears throat> Mike Garrick, my buddy who I'm referencing that lives up by you in Utah, he has been doing a lot of... Uh, plunges ice cold like he's got these he's cutting out chunks of ice from a frozen lake and then some he's getting ropes he does it all super healthy but he's like going underwater have you tried that i mean i see your pictures you're out like hiking in basically summer gear yeah. Yeah. I've done cold plunges too. I've, I, I, I hike a lot in Utah and a lot of times in the, in, you know, in the high areas where there's snow on the ground, yeah. I'll jump, I'll jump in a lake for a couple of minutes and, um, and try to get all the benefits of the freezing cold. So, okay. So I'm going to play super duper devil's advocate here. Okay. That, that sounds like it just sucks. Yeah, it totally does. Oh, okay. <laughs> it totally does. I'm not and that's actually... doing a very good job of devil's advocacy. That's actually a big part of why I do it. Like, it's not even so much the health benefits. It's the, I, I like the idea of doing something that, that totally sucks, but getting through it and then feeling like I had it, like I, I accomplished something almost like it's a, it's, it's really a mental game for me. Well, then that's really interesting. So that, so there's two reasons then why you actually do it. So it's a mental game, but, but you're also referencing physiological benefits. Right. All right. Let's talk about both of those for a second. And let's save the mental one for set for last. Okay. Okay. What according what are some of the physiological benefits of subjecting yourself to freezing cold water? So it's there's a or couple different things. Cold. There's some um, there's some immune system benefits. Um, like I know that Wim Hof, for instance, has studied a lot of of things related to that. In fact, 
he's done some testing with his immune system and his ability to fight off different types of infections because of his his breathing exercises in cold and essentially mm -hmm. boosting uh, you know certain types of immune cells uh, and being able to do that. There's a lot of in, apparently improvements in things like circulation and lymphatic uh, cir circulation as well as just cardiovascular um, system you know blood flow. Um, there's supposed it's supposed to be helpful for muscle inflammation so like pro post workout um, helping you to be able to get rid of that lactic acid in your muscles and be able to get back to working out sooner. Um, you know, helping with redness, swelling, things like that, for sure. Uh, there's supposed to be some oh. skin benefits as well. Like people who have autoimmune disorders and things have noted some benefits and, and decrease in inflammation. So there's, there's all kinds of things, but, but I just like the way I feel afterwards. Like it really, you oh. really feel kind of like just amazingly energized and kind of like a, you know, like a tough girl afterwards or guy. <laughs> that is cool. I, I can relate a little bit to that because there was a period is about almost, we're approaching almost exactly three years ago where I accepted a challenge from uh, someone to lose a bunch of weight fast for, to, which is not super healthy, but <clears throat> I did it in a pretty healthy way with the guidance of nutritionists and trainers and all that stuff. Um, it was for fundraising and part of the system, part of the process was, and it was this time of year. So even here in Arizona, water pools are still cold as hell. Okay, so <laughs> it gets down into the 40s and that's cold as shit to me. Yeah. Cold as I need. But I was doing like morning pool plunges, right? And, and, and the psychology, of, I hate cold water. Yeah, me too. I am a total cold water mega wuss. You know, at the Jersey Shore where I spent my summers, I wouldn't go swimming in the damn ocean until like July, August. Yep. <laughs> it's like, it's, it's not 70 degrees. I'm like, I don't need it. So um, it took enormous amounts of um, self-talk to be able to do. It took every single time, every single morning. So when you, how often do you do any of this cold treatment? Um, I don't do it every day. I don't have a, I don't have a like cold plunge tub in my backyard. Like some people do. Yeah. It's really more about like when it, presents itself, then I'll do it. I'll take a cold shower. Sometimes I'll go out in the snow and go on a cold hike. You, you know, if I'm at places, I'll, so it's kind of a convenience thing whenever it's available, then I'll do it. Convenience thing. Well, that's interesting because when that doesn't sound at all convenient, it sounds perfectly <laughs> inconvenient. It sounds like the least convenient thing ever, but I get me. I know what you're saying, but, but do you find yourself trying to talk yourself out of it? I do. Um, it, it works better if I'm with someone else. Uh, because then I can kind of like, you know, I can muster up the, yeah. the courage to do it. It's, it's a lot harder when I'm just like in my shower by myself and I'm like, should I turn the cold on or just keep, you know, keep it nice and warm. That's actually a lot more, more difficult for me. So what do you tell yourself when that has you do it? Because this is really important. This is, this is cool. This is like really interesting stuff for, you know, for the audience. It's like, the, like our self-talk governs our lives. So what is it that you say to yourself to have you go, yes, let's turn this shower on. To, it's already cold in the house. Turn, put it on as cold as it gets, go. I just tell myself that, you know, it's only going to hurt for a few minutes and, and I'll feel better <laughs> afterwards and I'll feel good about it. And so, you know, there's no time like the present. Let's just get this thing done. I'll do that. All right, let's talk about your uh, treatment modalities, right? The stuff that you're up to. So there's, and correct me if I get any of this wrong, but you're, there's like four things, right? Platelet-rich plasma treatment, PRP, uh -huh. stem cell treatment, vaginal lasers, and gains wave therapy. Yes, those are some of the things I do. Those are some of the big some things. Some of the things. Yeah. yeah. So PRP course, is plasma, and mm -hmm. that is, that's been around for a long time. A lot of people have been doing PRP, you know, it's a, basically taking some blood from you, centrifuging it, spinning it, getting the platelets isolated into like a layer of serum. Um, and we just inject those into different parts of the body. So people use it for musculoskeletal pain, you know, knee pain. Um, I use it again for skin, for hair restoration, and then for sexual um, optimization. But basically we're just injecting your own platelets back into you in a concentrated way. And the reason for that is because the platelets have all these growth factors within them and the growth factors, when they get into your tissue, they get released and they trigger um, a bunch of sort of healing responses in your body. Wow. So it, it makes sense. Like if you think about it, when you cut your arm, it's the platelets that come to the scene first to cause the blood to clot, but they also release blood, you know, these, these growth factors to tell the body to heal that wound. Like we need some more blood vessels in here. We need to repair all these nerves. We need to, you know, get some more collagen in the skin. So you can use that same idea um, to help promote tissue repair and regeneration in other parts of the body um, just by injecting people with their own platelets. Wow. Okay. Teach us about 
Okay, so dumb this down, right? Stem cell treatment for dummies. What is it? Stem cells for dummies. So stem cells are all over your body. They're the cells in every single organ and tissue that are responsible for the upkeep of that organ or tissue. So they're responsible, you know, for, for healing it if, if it's injured or if there's a disease process, it, it's, they, these are the cells that can replicate and make more of themselves. And they can also do what's called differentiate, which means they can turn into other types of cells. So that's, that's what a stem cell is. And you have them everywhere. You have them in your heart and your brain, your muscles, your skin, they're everywhere. As you get older, you, you don't have as many stem cells and the ones that you have are not as active. They don't work as well. They kind of get like tired out. And so they're not sending out the same signals to the cells around them to regenerate tissue and repair things, which, which, you know, which is again, why if I cut my arm, it takes me two weeks to heal versus my 11 year old son. I, I think he's, he's healed in like 24 hours. Like it's amazing. That's stem cells. Like he's got young stem cells. I have older person stem cells. And that gets worse and worse as we get older. So the idea behind stem cell therapy is essentially taking stem cells from a part of your body, like your bone marrow or your fat, where they're just kind of hanging out, not being used really, and moving them to somewhere else that, and then, and those stem cells will then stimulate the cells around them to become more active. So in the skin, for instance, maybe you use stem cells and oh. you inject them into the skin and all of a sudden it's telling your skin cells to make more collagen and to make more hyaluronic acid, elastin, the parts of the skin that tend to, um, you tend to make less of as you get old. And so that can make you, it can make your skin look better, help, help with wrinkles, things like that. So that's how we use stem cells. It's essentially to trigger um, an increase in production of, of, uh, by other cells in the body. So when people come in for either of those first, so the, the PRP, the platelet-rich plasma treatment or stem cell, um, is it ongoing? Is it one visit? Is, is, does it, is it, do they have to be in, is it inpatient? Is it all outpatient? Like, what does it look like? Yeah, it's outpatient. It's usually a couple of hours. You know, PRP, we can do in an hour, um, spin it, inject it, inject it back and send you on your way. Stem cells, if you're using the patient stem cells, you're going to be there for maybe two or three hours because we have to get the stem cells out first and then um, and then we'll inject them back in. And usually at my office up at, in Park City at Doceri Clinics, we put patients to sleep for that just for to make it really comfortable. Not everyone does that, but we have an anesthesiologist and just uh -huh. have you go to sleep. And, and that's the way to do it, I think, but you don't have to, but yeah, so you're there for a couple of hours. Um, and, but it's all outpatient. It's all same day. Uh, in fact, the FDA requires that any stem cell procedures that are done in the United States have to be same day procedures. You can't take, I can't take your cells out and send them to a lab and, you know, grow them in, in Petri dishes and expand them and then put your, put them back in your body at all that day or a different day. You can only take the cells out and put them right back in. That's one of the rules. Why? Because the FDA um, considers that uh, essentially that you're making a drug. If, if I were to take your cells out and expand them in a lab, that now I've created a drug, even though they're just your cells, that there's a, that's sort of their, one of the rules that they have. Um, and since they have to regulate all drugs, then you're, you can't do that without going through, you know, years of clinical trials. So we always keep our procedures just same, you know, one patient cells in and out same day. Well, would there be value though, to like taking them, putting them in Petri, growing them? Yes. Yeah. And they, and they do that in other countries. So that's why people tend to leave the U S sometimes for ah. certain types of stem cell procedures for, so for things like people who are treating um, systemic diseases, you know, treating Alzheimer's disease or Parkinson's disease or MS or some of these things where they have a disease and they're going to need multiple treatments, then they tend to go outside of the U.S. because we're not able to do that, you know, repeated dosing of your own cells here in the U.S. like that. Well, okay, good. So uh, let's talk about what um, are the applications. So vaginal lasers and gains wave therapy. Now, this is stuff where I've never interviewed, I've never said those words, okay, on an interview, right? And so this is really outside the typical rubric, right, of, of dialogue for a Tough Talks conversation. Okay. All right, for me. So if I, if I, if I look like I'm getting a little bit uh, stammery, that's, that's why. Okay. Well, it's conversation, though. Like, you know, that, that is awkward for people, but it shouldn't be. One of my next follow-up questions is what do we need to do about that? Like, how come we don't talk more normally? Like, when I watch your podcast, you're just, of course, you're just speaking. You're using language that if I said it out loud at like a game at a sports bar, if I, I just said vagina or vaginal lubrication or, or these things, they'd be like, dude, what are, you, what are you saying right now? You know, as opposed to if I say stub my toe, 
or I come right. in, it's like it's, there's, you know, so we'll talk about that in a second, but what, talk to us about the, you know, um, your vaginal laser treatment and, and Gaines wave, which I looked up for a minute. I, I don't fully understand what that is and why they spell it that way, but we'll, we'll get to those. Okay. So there's two different things. You know, these are all, these are all things that we can do to kind of create some kind of micro trauma or stress. This is in the sexual organs, for instance, that is going to take, have your body then think it needs to repair something and then it triggers a healing response. So we, you know, whether we're using stem cells or PRP, whether we're using lasers, whether you are using gains wave as like a shockwave therapy, which I'll talk about in a second, but all of these things, they they work by creating a micro trauma or small trauma and then the body sees it and is like, oh, we got to fix that. We got to fix that. And then your body comes in and starts healing and that ends up repairing or regenerating that tissue. So that's the idea behind all of this. Um, vaginal lasers, there's all different ones out there, but essentially uh, lasers and radio frequency devices, we use those for people who are, you know, we're trying to help with like stress urinary incontinence, for instance, when you, when you cough or sneeze or run and you kind of have some urinary leakage, which is super common, um, these kinds of things can help with that as well as just, you know, lack of sexual responsiveness and lack of lubrication and, you know, sensitivity problems and, and things like that. So we can use the lasers um, and radio frequency to help again, kind of almost like wake up those tissues a little bit and um, to help with the structure and such. Um, and they, you know, there's varying ones, but they use heat or um, light as their, their means of creating that, that micro trauma. And then we also have the you know technologies like Gainswave, which is a it's low intensity shockwave therapy is the longer name for that. Um, Gainswave, which is a brand name, but oh. what shockwave therapy oh. is is it's oh. basically just using high intensity sound waves that come out of like a handheld device, and those sound waves go into the tissue. And that the, this works everywhere. It works on your penis. It works on your shoulder. Like it works in all different parts of your body. Those sound waves go into the tissue. Essentially, tells your body we have a small injury. Your body then essentially increases blood vessel formation and blood flow to the area. So you have can you repair that area, and you get stem cell recruitment. You get nitric oxide, which helps with blood flow. So essentially it creates a situation where your body repairs it. And so we use that, um, the shockwave therapy or the gains wave a lot in men. It's pretty new over the last three or four years to, um, to actually help reverse erectile dysfunction in men. And it's, it's pretty amazing. It's, well, it sounds horrible, <laughs> the right? The terminology shockwaves yes. on my penis. Well, we use numbing cream because it does hurt a little bit if you don't, but we use numbing cream and it's actually totally comfortable when we do that. Okay. What? It's, I know it's a brand for shockwave therapy, but Gaines Wave, they spell it capital G-A-I-N-S, capital W, and then lowercase A-V-E. Is there, is there some reason for that? Um, Dr. Gaines, the guy who was behind it is G-A-I-N-S. Okay. And he was, he started, he helped found that company and then split off, but that's probably why it's spelled like that. It sounds like the, all of those four treatments that you just described involve some kind of like, and again, please correct me every step of the way here from all, but it sounds like we're fooling the body into thinking something that isn't completely accurate, but is very helpful. Yeah, exactly. It's kind of like fooling the body. And that's exactly right. You're, you're basically trying to get the cells that haven't been very active um, to be become more active, whether that's creating blood vessels and blood flow or increasing collagen or other structures. It's, it's to try to help kind of help your body along when it's gotten a little bit lazy. Oh, that's an interesting way of putting it. To help your body uh, move along when it's gotten a little bit lazy. That's cool. So um, why is some of this subject matter difficult for us, not you, but us, the rest of us, to talk about? Um, you know, I don't know, but it definitely is. It's, it's very interesting. I, after the, the talk that I did that you saw, the Mind Valley talk at AFEST, yeah. um, so that was put up on YouTube and it's gotten a lot of views and there are thousands of comments. And occasionally I'll go and read the comments just to like, just to kind of like see what's going on. And, you know, this is a, this is a talk about sexual health. Like it was literally about blood flow and hormones. And, you know, it was very much about sexual health, but the comments I got, it's everything from, I mean, and most of them were like directed at me, but it's things like, you're a slut, you're a nymphomaniac, you're a prude. You're oh my God. All this name calling. And I was just, you know, I was thinking after, afterwards. Just to clarify, just to clarify real quick. I'm so sorry to interrupt. Yeah. Just to clarify, I want to make sure, uh, because I'm very protective of AFEST, and I know this isn't how you said it, but somebody who doesn't know what AFEST is might not hear that correctly. Those comments absolutely were not coming from AFEST. Right? Oh, no, 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 no. This is people, other people out in the YouTube, world. There's people in the world who just don't know what the, the hell 
right. who watched the talk. They said these things. That's, um, okay. But I was thinking afterwards, after I was like, what, who are these people? You know, if I give it a talk about, you know, cardiovascular health or brain health or joint health, no one yeah. would have come after me <laughs> like that, right? Like it was because right. it was about sex. And so there's something very powerful, I think, about mm. talking about sex, like good or bad, people have a reaction to it. And all the words that, you know, all the words that go with it, the, the vagina and the penis and all these things, yeah. people have this like gut, like reaction to it. And it either makes them happy or it makes them angry or it makes them scared. Um, so it's, it's fascinating, I think. Yeah. So I was watching your podcast recently with Drew Pruitt, who's one of my favorite podcasters, by um, the way. Yeah. He's one of the few that are on my, you know, my list that I listen to in the mornings. And um, he was asking some really good questions. He also made a really good point that like, it's like we have one class in sex ed in high school and it's all about like, you know, just you really, if people are getting honest about it, it's just a fear. It's like a, it's a class to make kids afraid of getting pregnant. Yeah, exactly. Right. So, um, when do, I don't have kids, so I'm not going to have the conversation, right? But when, for the rest of us that do, especially young kids, how do you normalize the dialogue? And when do you start that? Like, like, for example, give me, give me some advice, first of all, here, because this is the first Tough Talks episode in like, however many there are, where we're even talking about sex at all at all <laughs> right and, and and check this out i'm seriously asking you for some coaching right now amy okay uh, just this past week one of the people who follows the podcast this is so sweet they posted an instagram picture of their two very young kids very young i mean like single digit age one was in a high chair for goodness sake and they're at morning time at breakfast they're eating and watching my latest episode of tough talks with their dad which i thought wow you know, I drop a lot. I have bad language. <laughs> and after watching that, I thought I better clean it up. Now, should I put a disclaimer on this episode? Mm. Let people know. Think, I, I cannot wait to hear your answer. So I can <laughs> shut up. <laughs> but I put a disclaimer in the intro to this that, hey, by the way, just a little heads up in case your kids listen, there's a lot of sexual talk here. I think, so I've had this, this question, I've asked myself this question. Sometimes when I've given talks in places um, where there were potentially kids in the audience, you know, yeah. beforehand. And yeah. what I have said is that I will be talking about some of the medical aspects of sex. I will be using the correct terminology to describe body parts. Um, and, you know, we'll be talking about sex in sort of a medical way. And if that is something that you're not comfortable with, then, you know, you can have your kids leave. Um, you know, personally, my kids, which are now 11 and 12 and 12, you know, as soon as they were young enough to ask me questions, I felt like it was appropriate to give them the right answers. And everyone is different, but that was, you know, to me, when my kids started asking me, well, how does this work? And why, you know, how do you have babies? And what are the logistics of that? Um, you know, I remember very distinctly the conversation and, and I just laid it out. Like, you know, I didn't like go into like, you know, horrible detail, but I went and laid it out about the, the body parts and how they work and when, how they go together and all this. And it wasn't that big of a deal. Um, I think it, I think it's a big deal when you make it a big deal. And I think it's not that big of a deal. Yeah. Right. So I can imagine like a lot of men that, well, not, well, anyone uh, coming to you with hope, but also with shame. Does that happen? And what do you do with that? Yeah. It, it absolutely I'm sure that's not a part of your experience that you want or would ever add. Oh, let me go into this field. Let me shift from ER to regenerative because I want to work with people on their sexual dysfunction, shame. No, but it's, Right, but it's there. Yeah. Right? So how do you, you know, deal with it? That is totally psychological. Things, it's one of the things that I found kind of drew me to this field is that I think a lot of people have a hard time talking about it and being comfortable having those conversations. And I realized that I wasn't one of those people, even though I was raised very religious and we didn't talk about sex at all when I was growing up. It was a very, it was very like off topic. Um, but somehow later on, it became something that I was comfortable talking about. But yeah, people, you know, people are are very often. Um, they do feel shame or guilt or, you know, or something that they don't feel they're not comfortable. I think that actually doing podcasts like this, doing media things is really good because a lot of the, my patients have already watched me on other platforms mm. and they know that I'm going to be completely comfortable, you know, 
addressing whatever their concerns are and that it's, it's a, you know, it's a safe place to talk about those things and that there's um, nothing that they can't say to me. And I think that part of that's because they've heard me talk about these things out in public and they're like, okay, you know, she'll be okay with this. Yeah. Well, I have zero, I mean, I have zero difficulty believing that because that's one of the things, like I said, the first, my first ever experience with you ever was when you're on a stage and that's, and that is um, the number one human fear is public speaking. Did you know that? That people are more afraid of doing that, which you crush than they are of dying. <laughs> wow. I did not know that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, and you're just up there laughing for us, inviting us into that, inviting us up into that high vibrational state where all of life gets easier. And uh, so I, I imagine that it, it is very healing on every conceivable level when people come to you. So thank you for that. Thank you for the way that you show up. You, you're, you, you have, you demonstrate, we're going full circle here. Uh, two of my favorite things, clarity and humor, like wisdom and humor, right? Deep and simple and light, lightness of being. That's a good way of putting it right there. Yeah. You bring uh, healing, right? Vitality, youthfulness, and humor and lightness of being to the world so you oh. kick ass for that thank you and thank, thank you. you and thank you for blessing us here in tough talks with with your uh presence and your wisdom and your humor so the, the uh people that want to follow you uh you have a phenomenal website which is dramykillen.com and it's dr amy killen k-i-l-l-e-n.com and I already mentioned your amazing Instagram account, which you're super active in and uh, informative and funny, is Dr. Dr. Period, Amy B. What does B stand for? Killing. Uh, my middle name, which is Benet, oh. which I have, I don't think I've ever said before out loud. But yeah, that's my middle name. Also, my my pre-married um, name was a was a was Baldwin. So it's it's for either one of those. Oh, cool. Amy B. Killing, Dr. Amy B. Killing. And you do a little, you're, you're, that's where you're really active, right? Is Instagram, you do a little bit of link, you're on LinkedIn, you're on Facebook, but you're way more active. On and I have, I have YouTube videos as well. Oh, um, that's, that's important. Let's do that. Awesome. Let's make sure we get the YouTube. That's right. You put a lot of YouTube videos. Anything else I missed there? No, those are the main ones. I don't do too much Facebook. I did. And then I kind of stopped. I don't know yeah. why. But you, okay. Yeah, yeah. We'll add the YouTube. We'll put all that stuff in the notes. Amy, you rock. Thank you so much for this. Thank you. Thank okay. you. Be well. <laughs> So Amy, right before we hung up, there was one more question that I did want to ask that I totally forgot to ask you, which is like just one takeaway, like one thing, like if you could just share one thing, or if there's just something that you really wish these days that people knew about that would be useful to them from your uh, area of expertise, what would that be? I would like people to know that there are actually a lot more options available, um, especially when it comes to sexual dysfunction than they think that there are. I think a lot of people think that there's really nothing out there for them and that they don't, there's not a lot of hope, um, okay. both men and women. And there's so many new things that have come out and are coming out um, every day that we have access to that uh, there, there really is a lot of hope. And I, I, you shouldn't be content to be unhappy and unsatisfied sexually. You should, there are other options. I, that was very effective because look, you're already getting a new patient. All right. Yeah. My phone and my computer just rang and I don't know how to turn it off. Well, somebody was listening. is like, okay, well, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> I apologize. I usually have that turned off. I'm not sure how I broke through. <laughs> the best damn thing that could have happened. The timing. No, seriously. That, uh, if there's any usefulness in being serious. No, that's really helpful. That's, that's, that's really helpful because it's hopeful. So Good. thank you for that. <laughs> it's kind of funny you know the joke i made in the beginning wasn't even a joke it was just a reference uh you know because her name is so cool killing right amy b killing amy b killing it um it's funny it's like her work is the opposite of that <laughs> she ain't killing it well she's killing it at helping people be youthful and healthy right and happy so that's just spectacular i've been looking forward to having her on the show since the show started i can't remember i think that po a tough talks podcast started Maybe right around the same time as uh, that Sardinia A-Fest event at which I met her. So, uh, so that's exactly how long I've been looking forward to having her. I hope you enjoyed her as much as I did. And uh, until next time, great miracles. <laughs>